Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. The Shalico name is kind of just like my alter ego, like Beyonce mm-hmm. has her Sasha Fierce, so she can just step into that. I mean, and I think I have so much, and this can be part of the intro, let's just go for it, right? Yeah. Um, I think that I have that childhood trauma where I, I saw this one beautiful woman, um, her name, I don't want to screw it up, but it's um, at Ashe, A-S-H-A-E. Sandara, I want to say. Anyways, she is a beautiful divine feminine goddess. And Mm -hmm. that wasn't always her name. And she spoke about how she changed her name. um, Because when she would hear her birth name, it would bring up like that insecure, the wounded, like energy that whenever Mm -hmm. she would get called that name as a child. And I don't know how to explain it. But I, I resonated so much with that whenever I thought of like, I was supposed to be named Shalico. And so then I was like, I always was like, why didn't you name me that? That's so much more in alignment with my vibe than Brittany, like that 80s, like popular name. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so I was just like, I'll just have a pen name where it's like the work that I do as far as writing and stuff, I can just channel that. And then if it's anything too weird, no one can really hold me accountable if they know me personally. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that's that backstory. I love it. That's genius. <laughs> yeah. Fun. So fun. So, well, thank you for being here, first of all. It is so fun to have you on and, and get to chat with you in person. I've been following you a little bit on Instagram, but as well as your podcasts and, and loving the work you're putting out there. And one thing I noticed with you is that you're just so embodied. It just feels like you're so in who you are. And that's what I see from, from my perspective, right? I'm excited to dive in and get to know you a little bit better. So why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and, and tell us a little bit about that backstory and, and what Prit's all about. Thank you. And that's such a sweet thing to say. I, that's such a good compliment. Thank you for saying that. Um, Gosh, I'll keep it short. I do have one of those lives that I feel like could fill up a couple books. It's just kind of so many peaks and valleys, but some of the big bullet points that got me to this place of the topics that we're going to speak on um, was that I grew up in a home where my, I don't remember living with my mom. Um, It was such a young age whenever my dad moved us from California where my mom lived out to the Midwest, my little brother and I, and he was a single father and my mom had issues with drug addiction and alcohol abuse and continues to like through today. Mm-hmm. And, um, so of course that that was a big narrative and my self-worth, my confidence, my relationships with women, all of that 
Mm. You know, that trauma sprinkled, you know, the days that I had a school dance or a prom and I didn't have my mom to help me get ready or, uh, you know, just all the things as a woman and as a girl that we, you know, we want. But um, so that was, that's one of the big things in my life. Um, And I speak to the shadows a lot in my life because I pride myself on the light that I try to embody now after coming through those trials and tribulations. And I truly believe, you know, God source gifted me these crazy stories and these experiences because I'm just... (laughs) A, a little out there enough to share them and use them <laughs> to help someone else, hopefully, you know? And so that's, the, that's kind of the big one that influenced um, the Abundant Sisterhood, the retreats that I host. I host annually with two of my girlfriends. And then um, as far as everything else and, and who I am today, um, we were speaking about this before we like started recording the podcast, but my health ailments, um, because of the drug use that I grew up around, um, when I was 21, I was diagnosed with hepatitis C. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally hadn't used any intravenous drugs, but, um, yeah, I, I don't judge anyone that, that has and has contracted it that way, but I was, it was completely caught off guard and it was just another Mm -hmm. more like, damaging aspect to the relationships that were supposed to be like protecting me and -hmm. feeling unsafe and scared and shame and so many emotions attached to that, that virus. And so that was a big impact, you know, it's something that attacks your liver. And so I'm 21 grew up around addiction. So it was a really big blessing in disguise to have that blow when I could have easily ended up down this path of addiction and I drink and partake and, and whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like had I not had the craziest years, you know, the college times and all of those years before I became a mom and I could have ended up just like my, you know, my mom. So I do see all of the craziness I've been through a divorce and things like that, that led me to this place of, I, I, I do. I pride myself on being so uniquely myself because I am so weird. And I think that so many of us are so weird and I would love to see that more. I would love to see people, you know? And so I, I, I advocate that through my own personal experience and sharing that usually on Instagram, but a little bit in other places too. Um, but that's, that's my story, I guess. Oh, so much there, but the weird part. Yes. Like my whole, I got a whole body. Hell yes to that. Because I remember you, you feel judgment, right? And you feel this, this fear and you feel like you have to be that what you're programmed to be by society. Mm-hmm. And we're so afraid to put out our true selves. And I think there's so many, especially women afraid to just stand in who they are and show up exactly as they are because of all those pressures. And so to have someone who's leading the way on that and, and the more people we have who are just embodying, like, this is me, this is how I show up. This is what I do. This is what I want out of my life. Like the more it inspires others. And it's like this trickle effect. I think that that's what it was. Honestly, Shelby, like with the hepatitis C diagnosis, it really was one of the biggest blessings in my entire life because I mean, it, if I did continue to drink or have an unhealthy lifestyle, I 
could potentially die earlier from cirrhosis of the liver or things like mm-hmm. that. So um, it, it just shifted my entire perspective on, on life is freaking short. And I waste so much time trying to please other because I have these wounds of wanting to be loved and worthy. Mm-hmm. And so I spent, I mean, I was not this person. I actually responded to a comment on social media this morning and I posted a picture about our podcast with Steph and I, and it was a photo from about three years ago. And even that girl I was in that photo Um, I was saying, I'm like, I'm just, they're like, you look so different. And I am, I am different because I just continue to shed those layers. And, and I do, I think so many of us as women have these layers that we, we keep so close and tight and we refuse to, to just step into our own divinity out of those past traumas, or maybe we don't have any crazy stories like I do. Right. But Mm -hmm. we have those tiny voices where maybe your parents said, that wasn't okay. Or, um, you could have done that better. And they were always harder on you, you know, whatever, um, that impacts us. And we end up playing small and God, what a life we're all wasting when we could just be these colorful, like, I don't know. I imagine it like the movie avatar, just like people, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, and I love that you bring it up as like, everyone has wounds, right? Like we're all walking around, even if we don't have these crazy stories, I think a lot of people dismiss that those little comments, mm-hmm. those little things that happen in their childhood or throughout their lives, even if they don't, you know, they're, I think we like almost shame that we didn't have a crazy story, but we're still, we still have things that are holding us back and limiting us. But it's like, everyone is walking around with something, some programming, some story. And it's until we figure out that that's there and, it, and without shame that our story may be different than someone else's, but it, it is our story and it's our duty to undo those wounds and uncover them so that we can step into that truth and that authenticity. Oh my gosh, you're so on point because I can give you an example. Now I think about the relationship with my dad. He was my hero and he's, I love my dad, but I would play volleyball and I would think I had a really great game. And then I would step off the court and he'd been like, but you, you could have done this. You know, it was like always like the critiques mm-hmm. that was more than some of the, the strung out horrible things that I saw with my mom with drugs and alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, because it was just like this story that I was like, uh, I got to do better. I got to get approval. I got, you know, mm-hmm. so yes, you don't need to have those traumatic stories. I have a girlfriend in high school and I remember she would always say the worst thing that happened to me was my parents got divorced, but I, but I don't think that those stories are any less than winding up with hep C at 21. It's just, it's a spectrum and, and it can feel like just as big of a blow, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, you're completely right. Everyone has their, their issues that they're working through. And so don't, don't think because you don't have the baggage that I do that, that you're the spiritual work that you're doing isn't just as big. I love the way you said that. Love the way that you said that. Thank you. So what do you feel like in addition to have helping women step into their weirdness and their, their truth <laughs> and their authenticity, what is your biggest passion or your biggest desire or the thing that you really want to leave this world with? Mm. That's so good. Um, I think it is, you know, I talk about this a lot on our podcast where with the abundant sisterhood, that mission, we haven't made, we're going to have our second event. We are in the hole as far as our investment goes. It's not, that's not the objective. When we talk about healing the feminine collective, I back to the weirdness. I think that it is this bigger mission where 
for a long time, I thought that I needed a big crew of like my own sisterhood and I do. But what I really think that I was called here to do is to kind of like you do Shelby with the, the podcast, like giving you bring people together so that they can benefit from that experience. I, I'm really good at bringing the right people together to create experiences that are really impactful. And I know that that's my strength. So I want to cultivate deeper, true, non-judgmental, beautiful sisterhood with women so they can have their soul sisters, right? That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, and how many people are craving that right now? I think about the girls I work with. They're all like, there's no one in my area. There's no, like, and they're not getting put in the right places to meet those sisters right or they're not putting themselves out there in the right way to meet those sisters so the work you do is is much needed yes you're I mean and I think so many of us do it as far as light and energy workers if you will uh we are like there's this flood I feel it and I think so many others do that even just stepping into the virtual world of Instagram where people that are doing this kind of work like you and I are doing that there's this huge shift happening, whether it's like um, a conscious conversation or I really just think a subconscious shift, we are waking up. And as women, we are understanding like what a waste it's been to like be competitive in a way that isn't healthy or to be judgmental and all these like icky things. And we've all partook in that. I did, you know, is that a word partook, but whatever. I think. think. I make up words all the time, so <laughs> I'm sure the audience is, is used to it if, if we right. do throw some of our own. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that we all have a responsibility to do that healing, and I can't do that work myself, and I see it happening, and I'm just, I'm grateful to live in the time that we do where we are so connected, but I also, yeah, back to the social media fasting, I think there's this balance of like us having these raw, juicy, in-person experiences and really living and being in touch with life you know, seeing the flowers bloom and being like, wow, like really, really soaking in the beauty where I think sometimes we're stuck in in that. So creating those experiences where we can grow as women is crucial. Yeah. I love it. So I think a lot of my audience may be new to like healing the collective, that terminology and what that means on a spiritual level. Can you maybe expand on that a little bit more? Mm -hmm. So my, I mean, I think there's the, the mass collective when we speak of everyone, right? Like the human collective, I guess. But specifically when I'm usually talking about, I'm usually talking about those that divide, that identify as feminine energy, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm very like gender fluid. So um, as far as that goes, um, open, but that divine feminine energy channeling that because for so long I have lived in my masculine um, and, and just, I don't know, because I'm so ambitious and goal driven. And so when I talk about healing the feminine collective, it's back to what I was saying just a few seconds or minutes ago about um, the old stories, the judgment and, you know, you walk in, in these big let's say you're in like a big hall for college and it just naturally these clicks kind of form and Mm -hmm. it's very tribal in that sense where uh, I think that when I talk about healing the collective it really is coming to a place of like coexisting and 
celebrating uniqueness, um, love and compassion and knowing that it's not going to look the same for everyone, the way that they live their lives and being okay with that. And back to the uniqueness, if we all could celebrate and trust that everyone's trying to love themselves the best that they know how with the tools that they have, um, then we don't need to place judgment on it. You know, as women, I think we judge everything. And I was talking about this in an Instagram live, I think the other day about how, whether it's motherhood and you hear breastfeeding for this long versus formula feeding, um, you know, uh, how you run your business, whether it's uh, like spiritually okay to want to have abundance financially or not, like all these belief systems. And we have this like polarity. And if we could understand that for the most part, I genuinely think people are good. Right. And so they're trying to do the best with what they have. So if we remove the judgment, if, if she wants to go get a million things of plastic surgery and I'm not in alignment with that, that's my truth. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, that's fine. That's on you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think when I, that's, that's healing the collective is a loving people and showing compassion in a way where we can all coexist in harmony. And that sounds so hippy dippy, but I believe that, right. Like anything, anything that you can dream of can, can manifest. So. Absolutely. And and I don't know what book I was reading, but it was talking about how if like 1% of the population set an intention and meditated on this intention, it would change the world. Right. And so think about how many people are making this shift and trying to see through the lens of love. Like it's a practice, right? I still, I, I still catch like judgment thoughts popping up or whatever ego and all these things that come through. Right. And that's part of the healing process is just recognizing where those are coming from. But if 1% of us started to look through the lens of love and stopped judging and, and started to see where our judgments were coming from, like what a huge difference that would make in the world. Right. Night and day. Night and day. Oh my gosh. It, it, like that's, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know if you have an E on your episodes. I like don't know how, like what I am very colorful in my language. So I don't want to say oh, anything. Go as color. I, I drop F bombs. So if that's okay. the kind well, of I was color say you'd lady, like to. I need a total lady boner. So I need a- <laughs> oh girl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I get a total lady boner when I think about something like that, where it, it really is the compound effect. If you've read uh, Darren Hardy's book, compound effect, if, if yes. we all just did like one tiny, like happy thought a day, the whole mm-hmm. world, this whole thing would change. So yeah, that's why our work is so important because I don't know, I grew up around a lot of negativity and I'm Mm -hmm. doing that deep generational healing Mm -hmm. on that level where my son's not going to have to be like a negative Nancy. I was, I was so sarcastic and just like, yes, for half of my life. And so our work is yes, 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 yes. Yes. All of that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had something coming up while you're saying, oh, I think the thing too is we, like, uh, when we're on this healing journey, we're like, I want to go from negative to positive, right? And I think a lot of people are like, well, I'm just negative or I'm just positive. And they kind of like silo themselves or they think that it's like these silos and really it's just like this continuum, right? And it's not that we're going to be positive all the time. We're going to feel that full spectrum of human emotions, but if we're shifting more into the love and we're practicing that and we're using that, like you, you have to reprogram some really, like you said, generational patterns, mm. programming, like those things have been around for, I, I mean, 
generations and in hundreds of thousands of years and we still have like these animalistic instincts and so it's like shifting that takes time and work and giving yourself the grace to know that it's not going to happen overnight and that you're not going to all of a sudden wake up one day and be your true authentic self you might like re realize you wake up one day and you're like oh here i am but sometimes it takes work to start to flex that and like start to step into that and i don't know i like it's a journey Oh my gosh. Yes. Preach sister. Yes. I, I have not, it's taken a lot of uncomfortable work. And I think that there's things that we can do to accelerate that social media fasting, but not just that in the last year, I've been just making myself uncomfortable. Don't want to post the photo, but I really like it or whatever. I mean, if you do go to my Instagram, half the pictures are super, I don't know, half naked. And so <laughs> would feel really uncomfortable. And there was a point if you scroll back far enough where I had a totally different social media. So that might not resonate with you, but it, I get very empowered by seeing women owning their body, no matter what curves, mm -hmm. whatever's going on. So when I started to see like what lit me up and why I wasn't following in ways that I thought empowered women because of what other people might think of me, that's when I knew it wasn't my story, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's what we have to do as women is start to just really get in tune with our self-awareness, like establishing that it's, it's a muscle, like you said, that you have to flex. I had zero self-awareness and now I do, I do feel like I wake up and I'm like, I am, I am her like, or at least like I am becoming her. I feel mm -hmm. her now, you know, it feels good. Yeah. Like you see her at least like you, mm -hmm. you know, that like you will be fully stepped in one day. Even if you're still a few steps away, it's like, oh, I see her, I feel her, I like, I envision her. I like, I know what it feels like to be this full embodied version of myself. I'm just taking steps to, towards her right now. Can I drop a bomb? It might take uh, a second, but this is the one I that has bombs. been most beneficial. And so this is what I do with my clients. And I have a course called Grossfort. And one of the modules for the week is for you to really hone in on your crone. And so I take them through a crone meditation and I won't go deep into it, but when we can establish the woman that we would be when we are 90 years old, who like went for it, didn't hold back, like comfort zones, like no, not at all you know, laid it on the line, like squeeze the juice out of life. What does she look like? What does she feel like? What did she give a shit about? Like <laughs> during her lifetime, what causes did she fight for? You know, what does she smell like when you can embody your crone on that level and you can tap into that throughout your day and, and lead your, like from a place of legacy versus fear, then it's from love, right? Cause, cause that person, the 90 year old version of you, of course she loved like if anything, that's the one thing that you're certain of, right? So if you can establish that journal out, like, like I said, what does she smell like? What is her sense of humor? Like, how does she do her hair? Does she color her hair? When you can create that super vibrant picture of your crone and then bring it in as like a third party to give you compassion when you do douchebag things, like say the wrong thing or post the wrong thing, right? My crone comes in and she's like, Brittany, like the old me would have been like hiding in a hole, hating myself, wanting to like shut off for the entire day. And now it's like, you are such a dork. Like, cause it's not going to matter when you're 90 years old, you're not going to give a shit, you know? <laughs> so anyways, that's genius. <laughs> yeah. Oh, game changer if you're if you're wanting to cultivate more self-awareness like what is that chick and how can I step into her that girl knows mm-hmm 90 year old Shelby's gonna be pretty funny and pretty right. goofy 
but also like a badass. <laughs> yeah, I am, I am her. Just like less wrinkly right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? And she would be telling you, girl, get yours. Like, don't hold back. <laughs> no, you got it. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> so I love it. Okay. So you do so many things like the retreat courses. Tell me about the social media fasting though. Like where did that come from? So we were talking about this before we hopped on, um, that we have a connection with a, a network marketing company. Mm-hmm. Um, I am still affiliated with it, but I took a hiatus for two years because, um, when I started, it was kind of cool. No one was doing it. So it seemed like a really cool idea in 2013. Mm-hmm. It wasn't scammy. People weren't all over social media. And then being the unique weirdo always inside of me, <clears throat> it was starting to shift the like virtual paradigm as far as the way network marketing was done was starting to become very spammy and like Mm -hmm. cold messaging, which didn't feel in alignment and all this weird stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, being someone that lacked self-worth issues, I got lost and I hit some big goals within the company, but like I got motivated by shiny objects that weren't alignment with this version of me. Mm -hmm. It was broken Brit from, you know, whenever, Mm -hmm. but so I crashed and burned and I lost my identity. Like I said, I had zero self-awareness a couple years ago and was at my rock bottom. I was sustaining the income of my family of three through this income with my network marketing company, but I don't know how to help people when I am super motivated by like, I have to pay the bills right now. Like that it's kind of conflicting and that's what I'm well, we won't go into money stories, but anyways, that was a part of it. And I was like, I need to, I need to take a break. I had lost my identity as like, I need to find myself because I am not down the path that feels in true alignment. I believed what I was doing in the, in the beginning, but how did I end up here? And so, um, I went through six weeks of, I was like, I'm going to unplug. And after working online for a few years, I, that was terrifying where I'm like six weeks of not being online. That's like, sabotage for real you think your income is terrifying right now like you can't for six weeks and I was like well I can't continue to do what I'm doing so this is this is that and so I did it I went for six weeks and I will never forget as soon as I posted that I'm going on a hiatus I got in my car and I like drove to grab a bottle of wine I think or something but I was like driving down the hills and it's super hilly here and that feeling in your tummy. Like I sped up so I could get the tickle in my tummy and I'll never like the giggles coming out of my mouth as I felt so liberated by not being like shackled down to a phone in my hand. I just knew that I could like relax and I had permission to relax. Right. And so during that time, the soul work that I was doing was like, I I was working. It wasn't just like sitting around watching Netflix. It was like, how did I get here? Who am I? I had that crone in me always asking, well, why do you like that? And then digging a little bit deeper. Like, why is that the way that you've been doing it? Is there a better way? And just becoming super curious about my life so that I could burn down everything that I had created that wasn't in alignment with me and rebuild something that was super true and authentic to, to what I was finding out about myself. Cause I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's when I, it changed the game for me. And I spent all of last year building a bigger organic following, but being one third of the year offline. Um, And that was just because what I believe, and this is to those that 
are listening to this and have an online business. But I started thinking about it from I, Beyonce and I'm like, she doesn't really like overproduce content or when she does, she has something to say and it's super valuable. And I, I, I thought about that model where I'm like, if I was not on this hamster wheel of trying to just mass produce content all the time, I could produce the most valuable in alignment, juicy stuff that my people that need my help would resonate with. And so during those silent times, I would just get in the zone and get creative. And that's what I love about social media fasting, whether you have an online business or not, um, it gives you the opportunity for you to look, are my relationships struggling? Like, am I not having enough sex? Am I being short with my kid? Um, is my business struggling and I don't know why, and I need to get clear on what that is. Social media fasting allows you to call in clarity in whatever area that you need if you use the time that you're quiet to really do some work. And sometimes, like I said, some people think unplug and they're just like, okay, like I'm not on my phone, but now I'm just doing mindless shit anyways, right? Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I definitely have done that. But I think that um, we, I don't know, there's an opportunity for us to grow and it's so funny for us. I don't know what year you were born, Shelby, but I remember not having cell phones and not having all that shit in the nineties, you know? And so mm-hmm. I remember people having to call and leave a message and be like, Hey, is Brett there? You know, and <laughs> now it's like, we have these phones that are literally dinging. It, a majority of people have their phone on silent because it just would ding all day long if they didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where social media fasting came to be. I love that. And I love that you, the clarity piece, right? Because I think I have this and so many of the people I work with have this where they don't even know what their authentic truth is because they have monkey mind, right? And I talked about this on my story yesterday, I think actually is like, your brain is like going hundred miles a minute. You have all of these thoughts, you're processing, you're doing, you're thinking, and you're trying to figure out what that next move is. How do I do this? How do I do this? And like, what is my truth? And you're thinking about it, but you're not actually feeling into that or taking the time to step away from all the things that are running amok in your brain to actually figure out what, what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And, and I think stepping away from social media is such a great way to do that. And I think a lot of people use social media myself included to numb out or just not think. Right. And so it, it almost like it creates a space for you to actually step into why, why am I numbing out? Why am I using this? And you don't, it's like taking the alcohol away, right? From an alcoholic, like all of a sudden you have to like face why you're using it in the first place. Yes. We really Mm. don't know like the effects of this screen time. And I don't know about you, but I know that it can be not just social media. It can be other apps, but I'll look at my phone and it'll say like seven or eight hours. And I'm like, what the hell was I doing all day? You know? Mm -hmm. And I know that I work online and I do do a lot, but it's still like, that's, that's crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I mean, I believe that there's so much beauty to be had with the virtual world and I love it. And like you said, maybe there's some hits of dopamine and some addictive tendencies that all of us have, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to, to, to create that space, we, we don't know what's available to us if we're just so busy in our minds all the time. And the other part is how often do you hop, hop on social media and then you like you were fine. And then you feel like shit because you saw so-and-so in Bali and all these things. And you're like, man, I can't do that right now. I got, I'm in hustle mode or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that brings me back to, yeah, we, as, as 
entrepreneurs, we think that, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I can't slow down. That's the last thing that I can do. But it's that quote, alignment is the new hustle where we don't understand how much work we could do if we just like cleared the space Mm -hmm. and then came back like, boom, centered, you know? Yes. I was telling my friend about that the other day is when I started meditating and taking time out of my day to go for walks and like sit in the grass, I, I literally work half the amount of time mm-hmm. that I was working and I get more done. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes it's like, we, we, we think that like I am anti-hustle now. Like I used to be pro-hustle. I used to live really in that masculine energy and it's, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just an easier way. <laughs> and, and Steph and I actually had this conversation, I think on a podcast um, about the, the flow of hustle and alignment. And I think it's like, hustle is almost like a tool in your tool belt of alignment where it's like, you can be like, it's aligned for me to be like, I want to work right now. And that's super in alignment. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So but not like feeling like you're draining all of your energy stores and like working yourself into the ground. People that you love in your life because you're mm-hmm. like, I have a deadline. I got to do this. It's like, no, like just trust. Yeah. Like it's like, <laughs> Sounds so like go with the flow, and I didn't believe that it was possible, but I'm learning for that it's true. That mm-hmm. it, yeah. Do you think there's an, an ideal amount of time for people to do a social media fast for? Like, what have you found is most effective, or is it different? Uh, mm. So, I my ebook on social media fasting just dropped today, but I walk you through a seven day fast. And I know a lot of people that are terrified when they hear that the clients that I have in my growth spurt, that's like an accelerated growth program. They do a whole week of social media fasting that I, I'm like, you want to grow? This is how we grow. Right. Um, so whether it scares you or it excites you, I think that if you're taking it seriously and you're using that time to catapult you into something bigger, a week long fast is juicy as fuck. And you cannot, <laughs> like, I don't know, from a creative standpoint, I think that anything shorter, if you're creating a big project, is not going to be enough. Um, and if you're just having really low frequency vibrations and self worth, self awareness, whatever, I just feel like that's, that's a good place, even if it sounds a little bit scary. But after you've done the first one, I think that it's up to you. It's a very intuitive thing where, yeah, it might be that you're like, I want to take a a hiatus or another thing I've played with is only posting Monday through Thursday and then taking Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And it felt in alignment for a little bit, but then when it didn't, I was like, eh, never mind. I'm not doing that. Like I want to do it intuitively. And so I really am a believer that intuitive posting and, um, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Any other nuggets you would drop for the audience, especially those who are trying to figure out what their truth is and step into that? Like any words of wisdom? Words of wisdom. I think that just really having that internal dialogue back to the crone and asking those questions specifically if you're cultivating more self-awareness where is this story coming from because literally we were born a blank slate well my belief is that we were born a person and then we had a mind that was a sponge and just you know these experiences and these stories come to us and change that little soul that was birthed here in the first place right Mm -hmm. and so 
deprogramming all of those stories that aren't yours or keeping the ones that are, that's the fun part too, is that it can be playful. It doesn't have to be that way. I love that lesson of we always hear growth. And, and for me, I, for a long time, I thought there had to be growing pains associated with that. And it doesn't have to be painful. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, be, it can be uncomfortable, definitely uncomfortable, but you can observe it from a different place. And the other thing would be the biggest thing. And I just had a conversation with my negative Nancy who gave me all these stories that I had to deprogram dad (laughs) where it was, I had to like walk him off the ledge and say, how can we have a solution oriented mindset with this? So as you're having those crone conversations, um, I know for me, there was a lot of negativity, whether it was towards myself or just, just a pessimistic, pessimistic view. And you might not be that negative, but you still have those stories that are holding you back from your ultimate truth and uniqueness. So deciphering which stories are yours and then deciding which ones that you want to keep and just being playful and just, huh. And you have permission to change at any point. That was the other thing. I would try to find the box that I fit in. And I am such a colorful person that, you know, like I, I get lip injections, but at the same time, I love, I preach the body positivity thing. And I, I talk about both. I'm not going to be ashamed of it because I think it's about body inclusivity, you know, mm-hmm. but, but that's the thing where some people are that, that turns them off and they hear the first thing and they're like, Oh, judgment up. Like I'm unavailable for the rest of the things that she has to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have learned a lot from people that I don't resonate with on a theological or spiritual level. Maybe they're super Christian and I don't fully identify that way anymore, but I would miss out on a lot of lessons if I just judge them based on every little detail. Right. So just take it, pick and choose what works for you and, and getting in tune with that and being playful and giving your yourself permission to evolve. I just want to take a moment of silence for that, like, boom, <laughs> My, like so much goodness in all of that. I love that. And thank you for that wisdom. I, I think there's so much that people can take from that and especially the judgment piece. Like, I think that that is the biggest lesson, whether you are judging or you're feeling judged. Like, I think that has been one of my biggest, biggest places where I've seen growth. So That's thanks awesome. again. Um, the question I ask everyone, so I have two more questions for you. Um, the one I ask everyone who comes on the show is how do you raise your vibration every day? Oh, that's so good. So it looks different every day based on the vibration I'm trying to embody. So, Mm. you know, we got the masculine and the feminine. When I step into business, yes, it's from this powerful feminine, but there's a lot of forward momentum when it comes. So there is some channeling of the masculine. Um, for sure. So if I know I'm going to do work, then maybe it's, um, my favorite meditation is the Tony Robbins priming one. Mm. If you've been to UPW, you know, what's up. Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and so, um, the most growth that I've seen is doing like months of that extended months of that and just continuing to harness the gratitude for the vision that I had and all that stuff. So, um, that would be meditation. Like you said, whatever kind of meditation, depending on the energy I'm trying to channel, um, exercise, I do think is crucial. I go through seasons where I think that, you know, oh, it's, it's going to be good. But I've learned now that I'm like, I need to work out at least four days a week to just feel good in, in my body, um, from an energetic standpoint. Um, so yeah, just, just being conscious of and intuitive of what's bringing me joy and alignment and, um, 
yeah, that's what I do to raise my vibe. I don't know. I, I call on intuition. I love that. And I like the idea of calling in the vibration you want to embody that day. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, on a creation day, maybe I want to have more of that feminine energy or on a day where I'm like, I'm going to bust out some really great business stuff. Yeah. I'm going to use that for sure. <laughs> and then uh, where can the listeners find you and what are you working on right now? Like you said, I've, I've got so much going on all the time. So there's always a million things, but you can find me on Instagram at with love, Shalakola Loba, S-H-A-L-A-K-O-L-A-L-O-B-A. I know I like to make it hard on everyone. I don't know why I did that, but I'll, I'll link it in the show notes also. <laughs> and on Facebook, but you'll get my best on Instagram. And then as far as projects that I'm working on, the Abundant Sisterhood Retreat, I don't know when this episode's airing Shelby but um end of May end of May okay yeah. um okay so then the tickets will still be available then for the abundant sisterhood retreat so when did they uh, close let's ask that question too in case yeah the end of July so okay. and you can find us on abundance the abundant sisterhood on Instagram and there's all the ticket info and the link in the bio there uh, but that event is hosted out here in Oz in the Ozarks in Missouri and yeah it's primitive camping it's not for anyone so you can catch all the details on our website but that and my um, my new ebook that I just yes. launched today so this is April so um, spiritual girl digital world and so it's a workbook on walking you through your first sacred social media fast <laughs> 